Manhattan Presbyterian has blessed me through. Um, so the past eight months have been probably the hardest months of my life. Um, and as I begin, I would just like to acknowledge those of you who would like to be pregnant or to have children because I had a very difficult pregnancy, but I know that there are those whose pain is probably deeper um, than my pain. So shortly after Jacob and I got married four years ago, um, I was diagnosed with a chronic illness called interstitial cystitis, um, which is basically lifelong bladder pain and inflammation. And um, for those of you who have chronic illnesses, I know I'm not the only one, but you know the emotional stress that comes with the pain of knowing that there's no cure, there's nothing to fight, there's just symptom management. And you pray for healing, but you know that most likely that the good thing will be with you your whole life. Um, sometimes it's lurking in the shadows, almost forgotten. Um, and sometimes it's right before your face, every minute that you're awake. And your fear is that there will come a time when the medicine won't work and the pain will be constant and your quality of life will, um, will plummet. And that's exactly what happened to me the first six months of my pregnancy. Um, the Lord allowed my worst fear to come true so that he could show me his faithfulness through it. Um, um, I read a book called The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment fairly early on in my pregnancy when I was experiencing a lot of daily pain. And in that book, Jeremiah Burroughs addresses the suffering Christian who is fighting daily for contentment, but is having a very difficult time. Um, and one of his many analogies is this. He compares the earthly blessings that God gives his children to water pipes coming into a house. And oftentimes God's spiritual refreshment of living water throws through those pipes from the well of Christ. But because of our sin, often it's difficult for us to value Christ and the living water that he gives um, during times of prosperity. So when God shuts off a pipe in our life, it's only because he longs for us to truly come to the well itself, to come to Christ himself. And, and through the pain, he gives us the precious gift of a pure faith in him. So through my most difficult months, God taught me how to come to the source. Um, and when I tearfully cried out the question, why, he always answered me. Um, and these are some of the answers that he gave me through scripture and through um, wise Christians and through the Holy Spirit. Um, why, God? Because, dear daughter, I value the refining of your faith more than whether you can play with your children. Because I value your prayers more than what you think you should be able to accomplish. Because through I value a humble heart more than your outward ministry to others. Because I am the Lord your God who brought you out of slavery to sin and death. And dear daughter, you shall not have the God of health before you. Um, And Jesus truly sustained me through this trial. I had several moments where the pain was so bad that I was praying for death. And even in the midst of that sin, God was with me, reminding me that the cross that he came 
but in the church, people say, I'm sorry for praying for you. Like you can tell, I could tell in your eyes that she really meant it. Um, and people outside the church don't know what to say. They don't know how to help because they don't have a framework for suffering. But Christians, that you all know that God always has a purpose in suffering. Um, and I think for many of us, probably most of us, it's hard to stay in fellowship at church when you're going through an extended period of grief or sickness or whatever your struggle may be. Um, we're embarrassed by our weaknesses and oftentimes by the sins of envy and despair that come in times of weakness. And it's tempting to just want to retreat um, until the storm passes. Um, and I just thank you that that the church is a place where it doesn't have to be that way, that the world demands that we hide our weaknesses, but the body of Christ doesn't make those demands. So I would just humbly encourage anybody who's going through a hard time to keep pressing into the body of Christ when you want to completely back off. Um, probably every other Sunday um, of this pregnancy, I told Jacob, I'm not going to church today. And um, he would first ask me, when have you ever regretted going to church? I would always say, I never have. And if I protested anymore, he'd be like, well, get in the car, you're going. If you can walk, you're going. <laughs> I'm thankful for the Titus 2 sermon that um, Brian did the other week because it's been a joy to submit to my husband and that when I didn't want to go to church to just know that he was looking out for me in that way and all the wonderful women who supported me. Um, there was always someone to give me a smile when I had none to give in return. There was always a friend to comfort me when I cried. There was a passing of the peace. And um, these are truly gifts that all of you gave me, and I will cherish them forever. Thank you. I just really want to speak about two things. Um, one, just how God has used this church in this time um, here at Manhattan for us to kind of shape me personally. I Drew kind of hit how my response to her was like, yes, that used to be me. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a very compassionate person by nature. Uh, very, A, just get in the car, do it, and kind of feel it later. Uh, one of the things Drew keeps talking about is just how much God softened me, uh, I guess, through the sanctification of parenting. I sort of, you know, 2.9 children. It's um, it's different to be someone who's been numb for a long, long part of my life because of stuff that may have happened in my childhood uh, to actually be able to feel so, and be compassionate, even in a loving way. Tell my wife to get in the car. <laughs> um, two, uh, two other things corporately, uh, I just want to talk about this term, um, kind of what you've done, either directly or indirectly, or in part. Um, I'm, I'm a personnel officer in the Army, so feel basically the opposite of what you think army people do. And I had an opportunity to take command when I was here to just be in direct responsibility of people's lives. And being around people both in the military, like Kennedy, um, Andrew, Andrew Campbell, Sean are here, and people who aren't in the military, like Tim Durrett, someone said this, um, who, who kind of brought me down down, down to what, wow, okay, uh, what real life is. This is what fellowship looked like for me. It was basically these sessions of one-upsmanship of how bad we had it as, as commanders or as, as just how bad we had it. And honestly, it was the best fellowship that I could have had because I saw 
that wow, I don't have it that bad. I still have my other friends. And, and it was encouraging in a kind of weird way that God was giving these people who were really struggling with a job that I had. And, it was, and it's been very interesting to see that. Um, the second thing is, and I just want you to know, Brian had no idea what we were going to say when I got up here. Um, I only look for one thing when I look for a church. Drew can attest to this. I only look for one thing and that the word is preached at, this, at, um, at a church. Because as the word goes, as it is preached to the people, so go the people, so go the church. Um, the word shapes our lives, and I gave my wife the experience she did here. Uh, and so whether it's your first time at this church or it is your, you know, you've been here since the beginning, this is a place where God's word is faithfully preached. I can't be more grateful for that. And I'm thankful that uh, for people like Brian, people who actually preach this word faithfully, you know, through the harder scriptures and harder passages, uh, as we always deal with life one day at a time, and we have it to fall on.